Welcome to the Gatecast and our journey to the Pegasus Galaxy and the City of the Ancients, Atlantis. Hello, good evening and welcome to Gatecast episode 262. And I got it right this time because after last time, I wrote it down. <laughs> well done. And it was sitting in front of me. <laughs> If I seem somewhat off this evening, folks, I'm not feeling the best, but the show must go on. The commitment to the podcast. Amazing, isn't it? <laughs> go on, make some comment if I were that committed. I'd actually watched the episodes beforehand. You did it for me. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Gatecast. No guests this week. This was basically, we're squeezing in an episode. We had a, a spare Tuesday. We recorded at the weekend, but just give us a little bit extra padding, just in case any unforeseen events occur. That means we have to miss a week. Well, I hope to be better by Thursday. Yeah. These things happen. So, how's the Martian going then? I have to say, I realise the writing's fairly good, but a lot of what I'm getting from that book is the performance. He's got this sort of world-weary cynicism. To be honest with you, I'd love to hear him reading the Dresden Files. Maybe that's why I'm enjoying the book so much. It does sort of remind me, character-wise, of Harry. Who's the narrator then? Uh, J.C. Barry, I think. I'll launch the Audible app on the phone, which seems to take about everything you launch on this phone seems to take about 30 seconds. R.C. Bray. Bray as in the town in Wicklow, so A-Y rather than... Is that the way they spell the donkey one? Yes. Okay. (laughs) Surprisingly, I've never had a reason to actually write it down. (laughs) My friend Anna is looking for angsty Stargate fanfic, preferably Sam Jack. You can't refer to it as Slash because apparently Slash only tends to mean same-sex relationship from characters that are not traditionally attracted to the same gender. She said she's read some Teok character stuff, which strikes me as a bit weird and wrong. Can you imagine Sam and Daniel together? Yeah. You can? Both very intelligent people. Yeah, but I don't think they're really... And to be honest, the second's thought. <laughs> Fair enough. Got to work this morning, put my hand in my pocket... Where's my iPod? Oh no, where's my iPod? Was it at home? Yes, it was at home. Well, that's a good thing. At least you didn't lose it in transit. If it had, say, fallen out of pocket in some fashion, you'd run over it with car and crushed it. No, I've got very deep pockets. I see. So, did I tell you I'm burning through a scandal? No, you just said you were watching it. Apparently there's only seven episodes in season one, because I'm already on for season two. Oh, Joshua is basically playing the same character that Joshua plays. He's... Not district attorney, it's some sort of high-up guy in the Department of Justice. Still set in Washington, and he's still sort of interacting with the president type of thing, so... From Stargate, bad guys to scandal. Not bad at all. I have to say, I'm glad Shane persuaded me to watch Pacific Rim. Yeah. It were a fun movie. I thought it'd be just dumb and crap, but I suppose... Seeing two main stars, you know, Ron Perlman, and I forget the name of the actor that played Jax, in it... And the narration, because I'm so used to him doing narration on Sons of Anarchy, and I'd literally just come off the end of the show, maybe three weeks previously, I got buy-in straight off. Yeah. film was complete silly. Silly on a big scale. Oh, yeah. Great soundtrack as well. Can't say I really noticed. You're kidding me. It was a while ago, so uh, I'm focused on the now and what happened in the last ten minutes. This is the Emperor. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Come grab a table, pull up a chair at the Sci-Fi Diner, where the food is always hot and your hosts are, well, out of this world. Sample some geeky trivia. 
you, our listeners, need to tell us what uh, Star Trek series did Tony and Miguel guest star in? Dine with celebrity guests. Hi, this is LeVar Burton from Roots, Star Trek The Next Generation. This is Lori Holden from The Walking Dead. And rub shoulders with the locals. This is Floyd of Aurora, Colorado. Hi, this is Rick from Montana. And get it to go with the Sci-Fi 5 and 5. Top 5 movies, one scene, cannot be unseen. All served up at SciFiDinerPodcast.com. Serving up science fiction from here to the end of the universe. Well, as per usual, I say it every time. I probably should just record it so I can just copy and paste it in. We're watching the Region 2 DVD copy, a runtime of a little under 42 minutes. Brace yourself, everybody. There is no previously on this episode. It jumps right into the action. I suppose they knew at this point that they were on their way out. This is Atlantis. Oh, good point. They probably didn't know they were on their way out. (laughs) No, not for another couple of years. (laughs) In fairness to Stargate, 10 years is longer than most shows get. Unless, of course, it's one of those alphabet soup police procedural shows, which seems to go on forever. Well, look at it. When Stargate hit the 200 mark, kept going into the 10th season, you know, wow, that's a lot. But then uh, Smallville did it. Supernatural is going to go way past it. I've still got three episodes left of season five. <laughs> Do you remember the guy who played the uh, Ray something? He played the devil in... Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the show, but... Ray Wise. Ray Wise, yeah. Charmingly smarmy, but not in a slimy way like our favourite senator. I mean, Ray Wise, you basically you want to like every character he plays, even when you're not supposed to. <laughs> I'm sure to we should probably get going, because we've been chatting long enough to have actually gone through the <laughs> <laughs> Okay, then. You want to do countdown for us? Indeed. A three, a doe, a hen. Clicky. Ooh, he's in a spaceship. Like I said, straight in. No, previously, because this is truly... A standalone episode. Switch to backup. Disengage. Come on. Uh-uh. Now this is Martin Wood, the director, holding the handheld camera, just basically up close and personal. Unable to separate ship. I don't know if you can hear me, but it looks like you're going to have to ride this one down. That's really not good. There weren't really enough room for two people in this small cockpit, but Martin squeezed in right behind Joe. Oh, one of these. One of these, yes. Wanted to take a look, now you have. A big rock in space with a big airlock. There's nothing here of any use to us. We can't know that until we've explored deeper into the station. Why isn't McKay panicking? Nothing's happened at the moment. Yeah, but he's in a spacesuit. He doesn't like being in a spacesuit. <laughs> None of the actors like being in a spacesuit. That's a problem. Well, they're not meant to be terribly comfortable or easy to operate in, as we should know from uh, having read at least Nine chapters of the Martian. Yeah, these are called re-entry suits. The only real benefit of these is that they're not the... E- not EV, extra v- Yeah, EV suits. Not the big white ones. Yeah. It does allow them some movement. If we find anything we can use against our many and sundry bad guys, this technology's antiquated at best. Is it just me, or is that the Aurora set? No, this is just a standard couple of studio sets that they've uh, mocked up. Must have had a damn good reason. And if we want to find out what that reason is, we need to look further inside. Oh, you That's big. Is that our ship tacked onto the end? That's not them, is it? No, that's not them. That's them there. Oh, there's the jumper on the left-hand side. Yeah, yeah inside the asteroid. So there's a whole little base. Good idea. We're out of here. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I need to find out what's inside. I'm the same way with Christmas presents and pinatas. One more compartment, other side of this door. Okay. 
with the SE teams and the Atlantis expedition teams, they're not really geared up for this sort of mission. They've found something, then they should just let specialists take over. Mm. And while Rodney is specialist at a lot of things, this is probably not something this team should be doing. Looks like some kind of control room. Hmm. You know, the problem is it's hard to recognise the act. Pretty decent gravity though, isn't it? Hmm. Look at that. <laughs> Intrigued? Looks like I was built for re-entry. I mean, Rodney's excited. Yeah. New toys to play with, even though the technology doesn't look that advanced. Yeah. The fact is though, it looks like these people, without any extraterrestrial interference, have done something that the human race... Hmm. You say this station's probably powered by a nuclear reactor? Well, it's definitely powered by a reactor, and I just increased its power up. Rodney! Yeah, that's really not a good idea. Yeah, let's let's switch it on and see what happens. He can't help himself, that's the problem. No. Nope. In no time. Closing outer doors. Why? So we can repressurize the hangar, so we can get out of these suits. It's not our job to satisfy your curiosity. Hey. Yeah, this. Of course, the atmospherics of the space station is obviously compatible with human life. Picking up an energy spike from one of the other compartments. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's not a good thing. <laughs> Something went bump. Yeah. Something frighteningly familiar about that energy signature. Check your life science detector again. Oh, he's got a clue what it is. Beeping. Good company. Now he's worried. Yeah. Oh, look, a stasis pod. Yep. This is the same little studio space, the same module as I called it, as before, but shot from a different angle and redressed slightly. They only had the two modules linked with the corridor. It's amazing what they actually managed to get out of them. Indeed. Okay then, The Ark. Season 3, Episode 16 of Stargate Atlantis. Gatecast, Episode 262. This episode was directed by Martin Wood. And the story was by Ken Kubris and Scott Nifero. Nimerfo. Scott Nimerfo. <laughs> and the teleplay by Ken Kubris. Had its world premiere in Canada, January the 8th, 2007. We got it in the UK, February the 14th, the Americans, May the 18th. In Sweden, November the 23rd, Germany, January the 30th, 2008. And Japan, February the 4th, 2009. There was a few shows with episodes of the same name. Frontier Guard, My Little Portal, Captain Planet and the Sherman Plays. My Little Portal? I know, I'm, I read. I automatically read My Little Pony, I thought <laughs> that's not right. No. <laughs> Hmm. And we are back for the art. A nice little optical effect, the gate shimmering. You reported that there were no life signs. How did he get there? We don't know yet. I've seen plenty of sci-fi horror movies. We're not sticking around. Hmm. I recognize the energy signature. It's very similar, virtually identical to Wraith beaming technology. I, I, I think he was automatically reintegrated when life support systems started up. Beaming technology... I'm sorry, the Wraith. <laughs> Okay, that's not a good idea then. Yeah. It's early Apollo program. Yeah, well, I'll need to take a closer look, but I'm pretty sure that that device is modified Wraith technology. Yeah, some strange mixture of technologies here. Yeah. At least there's a decent reason for sticking around now. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, I didn't think that far ahead. Yeah, obviously not, but if one person beamed out of nowhere... Yeah, maybe others where he came from, I was thinking the same thing. He is regaining consciousness. Alright, we'll find out in a minute. Oh, boy's waking up, calling one hour. One hour it is. No, obviously. Keep him sedated. 
<laughs> it is all right. You are among friends. Unfortunately, it's not the buxom young wench. Rodney is actually... And our boy speaks English, of course. <laughs> it always helps. I'm Shepard. This is McKay, Taylor, Ronan, Herrick. I'm sorry, Herrick. Or maybe not. It could be a mass murderer. Taylor being kind, compassionate, trying to break the news to him. More like centuries, when there's nothing down there but ruins and plant life. <laughs> Thank you, Rodney. <laughs> Defeat was expected, but the computer was supposed to extract me automatically in order to restore the others. Unfortunately, the computer froze. It was completely locked up. Probably should have used a Mac. A Mac! Herrick is played by Joris Jarsky, Canadian actor. He's been in Saving Hope, Lost Girl, Vampire High, and Copper. The energy patterns couldn't possibly stay stable that long. Our engineers found a way. Back up a sec. No, that's brilliant. Each module was to store over a thousand. A thousand? <laughs> Basically, Rodney's saying, hang on a minute, that makes me look bad. Does this not remind us of an episode of Stargate SG-1 with Rennie Abrajons in it? Uh, no, he wasn't in that one. He was in the uh, Nazis in Space one. You mean lifeboat? Well, no, it just reminds me of oh, there any Aborigines one. I mean, they we don't know what sort of people they've stored. That's impossible. Please, I must get to the pattern storage room. Uh-oh. <laughs> ah. Oh, this isn't going to end well, is it? And Taylor's like, damn, he was cute. That was a little head, Bob. She's like, oh, he seemed attractive. Well, girl, you two stay here. Why? Can't see any reason why they have to. Why is he running? It's been several thousand years. Running <laughs> yeah. now is not going to make a huge amount of difference. <laughs> it probably makes him feel better. If we're to launch within hours of us, Jameis gave me his word. Maybe the Wraith got to him before they could get to us. No. They were ready. I spoke to the pilot myself. They were just hours behind us. Shepard, I'm getting another power spike. What's going on? Hours can be a long time during planetary invasion. Oh. Hello. Weapons powering up. They were to be here when I woke. You gave me a word. Hurry. Right, take it easy. Let the man have a breath. He knows something. I don't understand. Where is the second storage device? Uh-oh. Yeah, if you're going to hide out on an asteroid, you really want to get the job done before the wraith turn up. Yeah. They might notice you're going towards a big lump of rock in the sky and be curious. Herrick, I'm sorry. I worked every day of my life to complete this place. With the promise that when it was done, my wife and son would be among the ones saved. You made me that promise. When you stored my pattern in the device. If you can see the monitor in the background, they actually created a whole new font and language. Hmm. It's red right to left and from top to bottom. I saw that from the way it was scrolling in. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than I did, I never noticed. <laughs> there were riots on the street. Much of our leadership was in that last group. Hmm. Then you should have buried the portal then. I mean, basically, if you're trading with another world, get what you need, bury the damn thing. Could probably bought some time. There's Ronan. But in that day, the wraith came, Eric. Through the portal. We knew it was the beginning. We knew it was an advanced scout. It had happened far too many times in our history. We knew. Why didn't you order them to launch? Because the second shuttle would have led the wraith straight here. Exactly. You may not like it, but you can't lead the Wraith. They would follow the shuttle straight to the asteroid and find the Ark. 
was the only way. You must understand that. Sounds to me like you did it to save yourself. No. To preserve the others who are already in storage. The ones you are leading on, John. <laughs> yeah. Show some respect. Of course, we're not going to extract them from storage because we can't afford that many extras. They would have blasted this moon from the sky. It was the hardest decision I have ever made. But if I had not made it, your life's work would have meant nothing. It's not that big a space station inside of an asteroid. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, life support might be online, but is life support going to... Uh-oh. McKay, Dr. Rodney McKay. This one who powered up your station. <laughs> Another one. Yes, a universal greeting. Everybody will understand the offered hand. Yeah. No? <laughs> My people? <laughs> that works. Yeah. One that, uh, no offense, is better than that uh, shuttle you've got there. But we can get you back down to the planet and restoring your civilization in no time. Really? So have an internal power supply attuned to the storage device. It probably can do if you give us a couple of days. Yeah. McKay can interface pretty much anything to anything. With the exception being him and Carter. With a USB cable. Jammers, played by Kenneth Walsh, Canadian actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. Regenesis, Juice Arth, Twin Peaks. Ronan doesn't look very trusting. Yeah, he, he knows this guy is not acting like he should be doing if he's lost his wife and family. Yeah. Ronan understands that sort of attitude. Something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Let's prepare the shelf for lunch. Of course. Well, if you want to hand with the uh, control room, I could... Um... <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. I'll leave you folks to it. Oh, Shepard, I wouldn't leave this guy with that guy right now unless you wanted this guy dead. You really think you would... Uh... I would. Exactly. James, we're going to stick around for a while, make sure everyone gets safely back to their planet. Happy to give you a ride if you need one. Thank you. Uh, I'm most grateful. Why don't you head up to the control room? Taylor, we're going to stay a little longer. He just shoved that blast door as if it was nothing. <laughs> was that Rodney or Ronan shoving the... Ronan. Well, yeah, well, to Ronan it probably was. <laughs> Maybe he's just well hinged. What is he doing? He's pairing up the show. Uh, <laughs> this is not a good thing on a space station. I'm sure of it. Opening all the doors? No, that's not, normally a bad idea. Yeah, I can't imagine this is a good plan. Especially there don't seem to be any automatic override shutting them or anything. You see, this guy is running through two sets, so it's constant back and forward, slightly redressing. And you can see down the entire length of the corridor. Mm. And then the same corridor from the other end, so it looks like <laughs> twice as big. Tarek. I understand how difficult this must be for you. I too have lost many loved ones to the Wraith. What I feel was not caused by the Wraith. Still, if there's anything You've we done can... enough. <laughs> yes. Damn you for waking me up and ruining my lovely daydream. Yeah. You're all gonna die. My last thoughts would have been of a hope for the future. The love I have for my family. I never would have to feel what I feel now. Gather your team and leave this place. Herrick. Herrick. Oh, not doing so good, is he? Rather selfish attitude, really. There's still a thousand members of his race still in storage. Is everyone still in there? It appears we spent far longer in the device than was ever intended, but yes, it seems our engineers did very well. Who set the timer? Come on, who set it? I'm concerned about Herrick. There's nothing we can do for him. He just warned us to leave. He's understandably distraught. 
He'll be fine when it gets to the planet. Just the same. I'm gonna see what he's up to. Actually, that's a pretty good idea. You don't really want to lose Cannon or a mentally disturbed individual running around a spaceship. It doesn't seem very distraught. <laughs> I have an issue that life support, I mean, he said he'd get life support online, and are you seriously telling me it generated that much oxygen that quickly? Maybe. Who knows? I think physics is involved here. I don't even see any vents. Beep, 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 beep. That's never a good thing. Reminds me of that conversation between the doctor and your other man. Beep, 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 beep. Huh. Shades of uh, Fantastic Voyage. Hmm. Shepard, you need to get Herrick out of that shuttle now! We're on our way. <laughs> Can you see the Snickers bar on the console? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, there! Yeah. Yeah, it's there. Yep. One of the crew were having the lunch up there. <laughs> forgot about it. He's fired the engines! Hang on! See, this is an epic suicide. I mean, this is screw you, world. What's happening? The outer doors won't hold. You need to shut the hatches to your compartments, all of them. Okay, camera shake, everything shake. Oh, jeez. Oh, dear. Toasty. Oh. Okay. Oh. Oh, there goes the jumper. <laughs> Whoa. Ow. Whoa. That looked like a bad hit. And that actually looked like it was Jason. I don't think he got many stuntmen that size. Well, Jason has done lots of his own stunts. Yeah, but that looked like it really hurt. I hope that was foam rubbery hit. Connected by wire harnesses, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they now have a powered asteroid. <laughs> Not exactly the plan when these people designed it, but... Sure, Greg Bear would appreciate it. If you've read any of that series. No. Come on, put your back into it. Okay, not a lot of fuel, but <laughs> it's done the damage. Okay, everybody's walking a little bit slower. Because there's no gravity. Or air, come to think of it. Okay, this is how you define the decaying orbit. Yeah. Could you define this as a bottle show? I mean, they are basically in a bottle. Well, they've only got two main guest stars, but there's a lot of CGI going on, so it's uh, it's not exactly going to be a cheap episode. No. I was pretty sure you were dead. Yeah, well, same here. According to the readings in here, your compartment was almost completely vented. Like it took almost a minute to repressurize. He should have a nosebleed, at least. As was saying in the commentary, which was uh, Martin Wood and Mark Savella, VFX supervisor, the in-house CGI department did about three quarters of the special effects for this episode. Darkroom Digital did the rest. I'm fine. But Janice is injured. He will need medical attention. Janice is old and will probably die. <laughs> yeah, you throw him about like yeah. that. His bones aren't going to take that very well. Herrick just killed himself and tried to take us with him. Chances are he succeeded too. I watched him open the rear hatch of the shuttle before he fired the main engines. Why would you do that? You know, I never really got to know him, so... Uh... Okay, okay. What do you know? <laughs> Does it matter? 
He was a little upset. His wife and daughter are dead. By the explosion. We're cut off from each other. What else? Look, just give me a second to figure out how screwed we are and I'll get back to you. <laughs> Ronan doesn't look good. No. And where's your helmet? Yeah. Eric. They believe he took his own life and tried to kill us. What, it is we... best that you do not move until we know the full extent of your injuries. Yeah, you're going to die. I'm quite sorry we don't have to pay the actor playing Herrick anymore. Told you don't move. Shoulders dislocated. Yeah, he's going <laughs> to fix that. Just wait for Becca to get here, right? Where we'll send a team as soon as she doesn't hear from us, which should be any minute. <laughs> Just stick it in there and pull. <laughs> Holy crap. Felt that. This was Jason's idea how to uh, fix his dislocated shoulder. Feeling better? Mm. <laughs> yeah, might as well get it done, you know. There's no way to seal the compartments between us from here. You know, there's too many hatches left open. Herrick was obviously trying to vent the station to space. Like, I'm going to need to suit up, see what I can do. Doesn't sound too screwed. Oh, but I'm not finished yet. Yeah, not a lot of automation on this space station. Again, technology quite advanced in some areas, but not in others. How much time do we have? Before we burn up or before we suffocate? Because the reactor scrammed and shut down during all of this, so we're down to emergency power, most of which is being channeled into the people storage device. I don't know. Pick one. Not done yet, because it's still the fact that the jumper was blasted out of the docking port, so there is no way off this rock in either case. <laughs> people storage device. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have much time left. The moon was already in a low orbit to start with. That's no moon. It's not that big. Come on. We're going to slow down exponentially. Think of a brilliant plan, Rodney. That's what you do best. Using as little oxygen. <laughs> Give him time. Should I just repeat everything I just told you? We don't leave our people behind. Did you forget that? No. Good. They'll show up, and they'll get us out of here. Clear? Yes. That's clear. McKay out. At this point, though, it doesn't really help. In theory, the moon, I mean, given the size of it, enough of it may not ablate to be an issue. You know? I mean, you could just lose a few of the outer layers. Um, then it's going to crash into the planet at terminal velocity. Yeah, that could hurt a bit. <laughs> it might just a bit. If these thousand souls can yet be saved, it will have been the right one. There could be a few survivors on the planet and look <laughs> up and go, what's that? <laughs> yeah, oh, look, nuclear winter. <laughs> Waiting to die. Don't think about it. I don't like small spaces. Could be worse. Personally, I'd rather die fighting. I'd rather not die. I'm just saying. Okay, it must be cold. It looks more like he's hawking, though. Yeah. Fight you to the death myself. Feel? <laughs> Sitting there with his arms folded, looking miserable. Ronan's only got his hide, whatever yeah. you want to call it, jacket, shirt, or whatever on. Not exactly going to hold any heat in. Tank top. Tank top. <laughs> Vest. Oh, no. No. I got a problem here. What's happening? Oh, oh dear. no. Oh no. And look at this. This is David's pure reaction. All the CGI is geared towards David's reaction. Oh dear. Ah, Jurassic Park 2, anyone? <laughs> I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm so dead. <laughs> Last cracking for the What's happening? The control window's just been hit by a piece of debris from the explosion. It's about to breach. Okay. Can't talk. It's been nice knowing you, McKay. 
<laughs> now, I'd have put that helmet on as soon as all this happened. A little bit busy. Hang on, lad, hang on. Yeehaw! Air evaporates isn't technically correct. No, not really. Evacuates, maybe. Vents. You just lost the control room. Doesn't like it controlled much anyway. Um, but at least you can open the door now. There's no risk of depressurization in the rest. Yeah. Hey, take a look around. See if I can figure out a way to seal the compartments between us. I figure it would be nice if we were all together as we burn up. Okay. I'm sorry. I mean, as we get rescued. I always get those two confused. Now, if you look at the doors and the little portal, some of the doors have a, a portal that's actually painted over. That's where the crew standing, ready to uh, redress set. <laughs> you see that one? Yeah. There's crew behind there. This isn't good. There's one thing they mentioned about trying to actually show the audience, you know, lower gravity, lower atmosphere. Normally they just, you know, if they were using a normal camera, they just slow it down a bit. Mm-hmm. Or, no, they actually speed the camera up a bit, wouldn't they? To make it look lower when it were played back. Yeah. A little trickier to do with a HD camera because most of the processing is done after the fact. Mm. It works short. Yeah. You got any duct tape? Anyone's counting, we have another problem. I can't seal the compartments between us because one of the hatches won't shut. What's wrong with it? Looks like the entire bulkhead was twisted when Sammy Suicide decided to fire up his rocket ship. Sammy Suicide, the latest comic book hero from Marvel or DC. I'll try. No. Try not. Do. Or do not. There is no try. <laughs> yeah. Alright then. Dial them up. Chuck, we haven't seen him for a while. Colonel Shepard, do you read me? Loud and clear. Your timing's perfect. Now. Need to get back in here with the rescue team and some cutting equipment as soon as possible. Do it. Now, they are talking through the gate using just their earpieces. I don't believe the shuttle is working. Yeah. I mean, I suppose they'd argue that it's acting as a bridge, but I can't believe that. Mm. Help is on its way. What else can we do? Hurry. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> it's Ronan. Atlantis has answered the Teok. Oh, nice idea, that is. That's the first time we've had a real close-up on that pod, isn't it? CGI guys, we're going to render this little thing. This is where the things shoot from. You can see the two weapon ports. Well, it was lifted from last week's episode of the game. Mm. We're already on it, sir. How are my patients doing? Jameis could use your help. Tom will be there on it, Jeff. He's looking worse. <laughs> he needs to realise the uh, inevitability of his mortality. Yeah, you're either going to die through injury or die as your asteroid burns up. Mm. Yes, and Dr. Beckett as well. He will take good care of you. And my people? I'm sure that if it is at all possible... It must be. There are over a thousand souls in this device. An entire people will be gone forever if we don't find a way. Tim just tweeted us the arc Shepard doing an Apollo mm-hmm. 11 in an asteroid rocket question mark <laughs> that was a tweet yes along with us no no it's not a chance look the internal batteries would run out in half the time it would take me to patch in a compatible power source look yeah has he just got a crowbar it's good to know some implements transcend species mm. in a decaying orbit remember then there is an excellent chance that we will be able to save them what? <laughs> no, 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 I said no. <laughs> James will be very happy to hear this. What are you... Oh, okay, um, yeah, tell him no problem, uh, more the merrier. Oh. McKay going, oh, yeah, of course, he's clicked. 
Dr. McKay assures me that it will be possible. But since you've got life expectancy that probably measured in minutes. Yeah, do you really want to trust that to attack? Isn't it convenient that the shot fits exactly into that little slot? <laughs> was this commented on in the commentary? Well, the reason for the flexible docking was they'd have trouble actually getting the ramp down at the yeah. airlock. But as you say, it's convenient that the uh, jumper and the shuttle are the same diameter. What the? Now, that just scared me to death. <laughs> they knocked on my helmet. Oh, thank God. I can't get the hatch shut. I can't get Shepard Runner and Taylor out of the compartments until I get the hat shot. Not a problem. Just head on back to the jumper. No. No, we don't leave our people behind. You've heard that before, Rodney. <laughs> Come on. You're not going anywhere, Doc. You're just heading back to the jumper to figure out how much time we have before this moon starts breaking up in the atmosphere. Right. Right. Hmm. Not long. Not really a moon, is it? It's a large asteroid. It's got a welding torch. Yes, he has. And that will work because it's triple oxygen acetylene. Taylor Love, can you hear me? Yes, Dr. Beckett, it is good to hear your voice. Ah, you too. We should be able to depressurize and have you out in no time. Yeah, <laughs> probably, hopefully, the sooner the better. And this was actually Paul McGillian's last episode. This was filmed after certain episodes which we won't discuss. I'm sure we will do everything in our power. Hayden Fortum. Our people's greatest living poet. You saved a poet. Seriously, not a farmer. Our greatest scientists, Torrell and Barnum, are stored in here as well. Along with 200 children. Yep, they're not going to have any scientific things to work with. Oh, children. The sheer horror on Taylor's face. Should me, if Janus is a politician, he should be able to read somebody that well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'd like to see a little glow around the edge of that. They're getting there. Um, oh, that's a two. I thought it was a three. Okay. Sorry. I thought they were three minutes. Uh, three minutes, and, you know, we'd rather leaving it late. <laughs> Colonel, Taylor, you're safe to open your hatches. Great. Okay, how much time do we have? Not much. We're getting dangerously close to the planet's atmosphere. The moon won't survive another orbit. It is time to leave. <clears throat> Here's a thought, just for safety sake, leave the helmet on. Uh, yeah, do a judge dread. Don't take the helmet off. <laughs> James, what are you doing? Hey, Hello. where'd the gun come from? This was where Martin got the idea of having the uh, whole station shake all the time. He needed a reason why Taylor was so easily disarmed by a man who's on death's door. Figured out if the station shook, that'd give him the chance. Hey, Doc. Colonel, Ronin, you okay? Yeah, I'm good, Doc. That's problem. Taylor's hatch is locked from the inside. I wonder why. Taylor? Open up the door. We've got to get out of here. I can't do that, John. Jameis has my sidearm and will not let me leave until we find a way to preserve the storage device. All right. Tell him we'll try. I've already done so. He does not believe me. To be fair, the people from Atlantis have never done anything wrong. At least in their own eyes. They always seem to be able to justify pretty much anything they do. I can. Wouldn't that be better if that had a stun weapon of some sort? It is a stun weapon. She throws it at his face. He instinctively raises his hands up. Then she puts a boot in. Yeah, kicks him in the fork. <laughs> it's not as if she's not familiar with unarmed combat. If she cannot overpower 
a guy twice her age who's seriously injured. And isn't the safety on? Surely the safety would be on if it was from a holster. Well, maybe Taylor likes to live dangerously. Any of this in the commentary? <laughs> no. Ah, this is what we do. I mean, we love the show, so we poke many holes in it. Addressing our listeners there. You know, 43 of them. Wow, that many? Seamus, we're going to open up this door one way or the other. What the hell is with the glasses? Well, if he's going to do some cutting, stylish glasses. None of this huge faceplate business. There's nothing more to say. So, pretty much take it or leave it then. Not a good deal. Sacrificing your own life will not save them. My life does not matter. Of course it does. If you live, their memory will be preserved. You still do not grasp what is at stake. Not that good a plan though, was it? Just how many have sacrificed so that our people could have a future. It took the resources of five generations to build this station. We fought a war we knew we could not win so that there could be a future. You knew you could not win the war? Yeah, come on, Taylor. They were fighting the Wraith, for Christ's sake. They were not going to win the war. The Wraith would not return. We built weapons to ensure that when the war was over, there would be no more survivors. You killed your own people? We killed Wraith. You know what? You've got to admire that attitude, frightening though it is. We knew that the radioactive clouds would spread over every continent. We knew the planet would be uninhabitable for many years. And so you built this place? That we could rebuild without fear of the Wraith ever returning. Because they sacrificed everyone else? A few thousand people would not be able to rebuild your civilization, would it? Well, a few thousand, in fairness, you've got enough for genetic viability, at least. Now, they did have a problem with cutting through this door. One of the guys pointed out that the device they brought wouldn't work because the door was painted so there'd be no actual metal-to-metal contact. If you look at John now, he's actually having to scrape the paint away from the door to get the arc. It's not an electric arc, it's not actually a settling torch, it just brought the paint away. No, that's an arc. Well, the arc operates between two points, doesn't it, in the device? The electrode and the metal is cut in. With the paint, there's no metal contact, so it wouldn't work. And when he twitched it on, you saw the flame. That flame was CGI. Their deaths will go unrecorded, and the Wraith will have won. Started from scratch, I'd want a few more. Maybe if they'd built underground vaults, which had millions of those machines. A friend of my brother's, who lived around the corner from me in Dublin, he used to say that this guy is insane, and he went to introduce the woman he's now married to to him. And he had the cooker switch detached from the wall and had an electric arc welder hooked up to it because the only thing that would allow enough voltage for it to operate, and he was arc welding something with a pair of goggles (laughs) on his tiled kitchen floor. Lovely. And everyone was like, yep, he's nuts. (laughs) It seemed like a relevant story. Colonel! Colonel! You can stop what you're doing now! I'm ready to open the door! Yeah, but you're still pointing a gun at him, mate. Look, it was one of your own people that tried to destroy the place, not us. That door should at least be warm. Alright, I'm gonna open up the door. I wanna see your weapon on the ground, your hands in the air. Interesting point, though. His voice there sounded a lot like Doc Brown in Back to the Future. Shepard, what's going on? I'm picking up another power surge. <laughs> Ronan, always eager to shoot someone. <laughs> if that door opens inwards... Yes, he's not quite playing the game. He's got another plan. Oh! There we go. He's taking Taylor. Where's Taylor gone? 
damn, now they've got to save him. He's a clever sword, I'll give him that. There is not a huge amount of time left here. I assume it would skim and bounce off, and then skim again. I mean, it's not travelling that fast. They probably should be thankful that Rodney actually can't isolate Taylor's pattern. Yeah. Otherwise, they would literally just say Sodom. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir, we don't have a minute. As soon as this rock hits the atmosphere, it's going to start to break up. we got to go now. Right, can, can you get this thing disconnected? Yes, but I've already told you there's no way I can rig up a compatible power source for the jumper. I'm talking about the jumper. <laughs> I was wanted to fly a space shuttle, now's my chance. Oh, no, 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 no. Just get this thing disconnected and help these guys get it to the jumper while I suit up. Look, I know how much you love to think you can fly anything, but it is not as much. Just get the thing disconnected, and that's the order. To infinity and beyond, eh, Shepard? Yeah. We're gonna see. <laughs> is there a second? I thought the shot, so basically, he's gonna what? Glide down? He's gonna glide it, yes. And it's not a fuel. It's that he can fly. You do realize you're out your bloody mind, right? Yeah, probably. Oh, come on. How are they getting it over the door? Through steps? the doors? Yeah. Yeah, you can't roll it. And especially Ronan's got a dodgy shoulder anyway. At least he's still remembering to hold it. Yeah. They had another issue with the spacesuits as well. They didn't have enough for everybody. That's why you only see so many of uh, the cast wearing them at any one time. Yeah. All right. Radio Atlantis as soon as you're clear. Keep a safe distance with the jumper. I'll try to maintain radio contact. Hey, remember, you still owe me a fight to the death. I like the fact that it said muffled. <laughs> muffled. <Yeah. laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and let's cut away before he opens the painted door and finds a crew behind it because the door is actually wooden. Captain. The jump pilot, Jerry Durand, appears in four episodes of Atlantis, also been in Dark Angel, Clone, Paradox and the Net. But surely if the thing lasted long enough for them to wheel it as far as the thing, they could get it into the jumper long enough to jump it to Atlantis and get power source there. How large is the internal battery? Just get it to Atlantis and beam everyone out. You don't need to do this crazy plan. <laughs> I'm sorry, have I poked a rather large hole in the plot? I think you'll do it though. I'm confident. The moon's decelerating the upper atmosphere. You've only got a few minutes to familiarize yourself with those controls. Pretty straightforward. We're gonna lose radio contact as we pass through the atmosphere. I know, Rodney. What I'm saying that if you have anything that you'd like to say, now would be a good time to no, say. Not really. So let me get this straight. He's has he even got maneuvering thrusters? I assume he has maneuvering thrusters. I doubt it. I mean, they'd probably run on some sort of compressed gas. I don't believe that. The storage tanks have lasted God knows how long. And this is where we came in. Machine separation maneuver in three, two, one. Beep, 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 beep. Once again, Martin Wood doing the real close-up with the handheld. He even said in the commentary, occasionally you can actually see him reflected in the visor. <laughs> Come on. He's actually got his hand on John's shoulder, shaking him. <laughs> the camera. The bolts will not work. I repeat, the explosive bolts will not fire. Unable to separate ship. I don't know if you can hear me, but it looks like I'm going to have to ride this one down. What's happening? You can't separate the ship. He's going to burn up inside the moon. That's not a good idea. <laughs> All in thing. Go on. Not a moon. <laughs> it's a heat shield. It's a very, very big heat shield. Designed to wear away. See, that can't be good. No. Ah, that's breaking. How solid was that? <laughs> it's a moon. 
Really, it just disintegrated rather explosively. And left the ship intact. Oh. <laughs> okay. <Hey>. Sharks <laughs> offboard. Let's not celebrate quite yet. There's still a lot of work to do. Yeah, don't you want to disable the alarms? It probably can't hear them anyway. Well, that's true. The ship's in vacuum. We shouldn't be able to hear them. Do you really have control surfaces on that? Because I don't see any. No. <laughs> Not until you get a lot thicker atmosphere. Yeah. You Basically, you're along for the ride to a certain point. Okay, my big bear. Nothing built ever could sustain that sort of impact and remain intact. Nothing. Get as close to the crash site as possible. Yes, sir. Can you tell if he's alive? Not yet. Wait. I'm detecting one life sign. That's not a crash site, that's a landing. You know, that's a good landing, it's one you can walk away from. Yeah, he might have bumped his head, that's about it. Yeah, at the very least, he's had a little blood on the inside of the helmet. You know, cracked the visor, because he did bump his head on the console pretty hard. And instead, he suddenly seems to have acquired some beard, which was not there when he went down. Hang tight, sir. We're on our way. The planet does have an atmosphere, doesn't it? The race did a number on it. The thing is, no, they didn't number on it, they made it radioactive. But the thing is, he didn't have that double before he went into the show. Well, it was a very stressful few minutes. So basically, he grew two days with the beard? <laughs> Everybody reacts differently to stress. Well, I tried to tell Carson that I was perfectly fine, but he insisted. A number of people reintegrated from the storage device experienced a small amount of memory loss. Yeah, but they'd been in there a long yeah. time. Taylor had been in there five minutes. She does look a little thin. Just until the morning. Thank you. And I assume you've come to the infirmary in order to have your head examined. Hey, I pulled it off, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Yes, you did. Your head, almost. <laughs> come on, I'll save the day. I should be getting a medal. Hmm. Hey, what are you going to do with him anyway? Uh, his injuries were such that he didn't survive the reintegration. Oh, so we don't have to lock him up or anything? No. That's fortunate. He sacrificed himself. Doesn't break my heart. He only did what you or I would have done. Are you kidding? He held you hostage and almost got both of us killed. He tried to save his people, and he succeeded. John, you've done some strange things in your time, admit it. It's not the reason I did it. Oh. No, of course not. Yeah. I know. Don't go feeling special. I've done it for anyone. Of course. Except for maybe McKay. <laughs> maybe. Mm -hmm. Considering what Rodney's going to do for you in a few episodes. And the lever there. Yeah. We'll go for some dinner. You stay here and have your jello. <laughs> okay, that was the arc. I'm assuming they pick jello because doesn't require much chewing and it's high in sugar so it's good for energy and recovery. Uh, probably. Never really given it too much thought. Yeah, uh, and I'm hoping that none of their patients are vegetarian. You can have gelatin-free jello. It's like gluten-free bread. I eat gluten-free cracker bread probably because it's a lot lower in sodium more than anything else. But I interrupted you. Go. Yeah, as a standalone episode it wasn't bad but overall one of the weaker episodes of season three. I'm sure the CGI people liked it. Oh, it had some very nice CGI. I think Kenneth Welsh, who was Jamus, I think he did a fantastic performance. You know, really got the desperation of his character. Herrick, 
no offence to the actor, but unfortunately you weren't meant to like that character. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a dick. Okay, you, your wife and daughter are dead. They died. From his perspective, it was yesterday. Yeah, but no reason to take the rest of your people along. You're upset. Just open an airlock and jump out. He blame. He doesn't know these people, and he bl- he rightly blames Janus. Yeah, but it destroy the thousand lives still in the other receptacle. I don't think he cares. Exactly. You should have cared. <laughs> That's what I mean. You weren't really supposed to be feeling too much sympathy for him. His reaction was that abrupt. He had a psychotic break. Okay. Right then. Martin Wood, who directed this episode, even though IMDb says William Wearing directed it. Bad IMDb. <laughs> oh. Oh, what? Sorry, someone posts Spock Memorial thing and it took me ages to get, and I realise what they mean now. Okay. Martin Wood, he directed 47 episodes of SG-1 and 29 of Atlantis. He also directed the Stargate movie Continuum. He worked on Andromeda, Jeremiah, Sanctuary, Cedar Cove, and Primeval New World. Ken Cooperus, who created the story, he wrote two episodes of Atlantis and did one teleplay. He also worked on The Listener, Mr. Young, Metajet, and The Stanley Dynamic, which features Kate Hewlett. Ah, oh, Casey. Scott Nimifero, I don't know how to pronounce his surname. Mm-hmm. Scott Nimifero, yeah. This was the only episode of Atlantis he ever worked on, but you'll recognise these. He worked on Pushing Daisers, Tron Uprising, Hannibal, Once Upon a Time, and The Outer Limits. Hmm. So, uh, not bad resume at all. Indeed not. Jack? Daniel? Are you you? Yeah, you. What? I like the yellow ones. Never mind. We got a little bit of feedback for last week's episode on our Facebook group. Brad said that he loved the episode. Unlike Icon, it was a great premise to have SG-1 appear in a museum-like setting. I replied that SG-1 always seemed to have issues whenever they would gate into a civic-type building. And Brad agreed, pointing out how well adding some other old props worked to create a great-looking location. On our Google Plus page, Max simply posted that he enjoyed the episode. It was fun and flowed well, which I guess is all you can ask for when dealing with a standalone story in an arc-heavy season. And I think we were probably guilty of putting too much onto the episode based on where it's at in the final season. Here are a few of this week's upcoming Stargate-related birthdays. First up on the 29th of March is Marina Sirtis, who found fame on television playing Deanna Troy on Star Trek The Next Generation and other Trek shows, but also guest starred as Dr. Svetlana Markov on the Stargate SG-1 episode, Watergate. On the 30th is the birthday of Marley Avital, who played Charay in the original Stargate feature film. She has split her career between productions in North America and Israel. The 31st is the birthday of Adrian Holmes. He appeared on two episodes of SG-1 and almost every significant Canadian produced series over the last few years, including recurring roles in Arrow, Smallville, Continuum, and now stars in 19-2. Jamie Ray Newman has her birthday on April the 2nd. I make no apologies for saying she's a gorgeous woman. And apart from her two guest spots on Atlantis, she's had recurring roles on Veronica Mars, Eureka, Eastwick, Mind Games, and Red Widow. Finally, on the 3rd of April, a very happy birthday to Alejandro Giuliani, who played Catet in two episodes of SG-1, and Ilium in the third. He starred on Battlestar Galactica as Felix Gator, and has appeared on Smallville, Intruders and The 100, as well as doing a number of theatrical movies. Lots more birthdays next week, and we'll tweet and post them as they occur, so stay tuned. We'd love to hear from you, what you think about the episode, and of course Stargate and our show overall, so don't be shy. It would make us feel all warm and fuzzy if someone left us an iTunes or Stitcher review and rating. It's the little things. You know how it is. If you do want to get in touch with us, then you can do so via the contact form on our website, which is gatecast.co.uk, or via the old faithful email address, gatecastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Google+, 
We are carried on iTunes and Stitcher Internet Radio. And all the links are on our website, including the specific RSS feed, which carries every episode we have released, and that can be copied and added to a podcatcher. Okay, let's wrap the show up. Come try ya! Next week's episode, Stargate SG-1, Talion. On the next Stargate SG-1, after almost being killed, Tilk seeks revenge. Why should I tell you anything knowing death is my reward? In time, he will change your mind. Now the rest of the team must stop him. I do not wish to harm any of you. But if you try and stop me, I will. And try to save Earth from the Ori. Find Tilk and stop him at all costs. On the next Stargate SG-1. Tilk goes all bloodlusty, revenge, death, destruction, kill everybody. Didn't he do that about two seasons ago? With the big gun and go that killed. I mean, with the seriously big gun. I mean, he he shot down a attack for God's sake by hand. <laughs> yeah, not many people could take a weapon off a glider and actually sling it over your shoulder and use it. You gotta be glad it's recoilless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But where's where's Tilk? He's about two miles in that direction. <laughs> He'd probably still survive it anyway. Uh, I don't know. Maybe with Junior, but with uh, he was on the Tritonin by that point. Maybe he wasn't because. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was just one day. Yeah. Yeah, offering it as an alternative one to the Tokra, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Okay, then, hope you join us for Italian. Say the arc, not bad, not brilliant. Had its high point overall, not a episode you'd actually go and bother rewatching too often. Rewatching, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dear audience. Okay, then, hope you join us next week. Until then, I've been Mike. I've been Alan. Take care, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to The Gatecast hosted by Alan and Mike. Join us at gatecast.co.uk. Stargate forever. Stargate forever.